Welcome to GTM Gals, a TAC network original created in partnership with Share Your Genius. I'm your host, Danny Howe, and I'm bringing you with me into my conversations with some of B2B tech's best and brightest women as they share their insights on growing both personally and professionally in this ever-changing industry. So grab your coffee or wine and let's dive in. Hey everyone, this is Danny, and welcome to another episode of GTM Gals. I am so excited today because um, this is one of the first episodes I'm recording with an awesome guest in 2024. So for the folks listening, Happy New Year. Hope you had a really awesome holiday season with your family and friends. And hope that this new year is going to be really awesome for you as well. For today, we have a very special guest, uh, Natalie Cantave. And she is an amazing community owner and also a marketer as well. So she is actually the Senior Marketing and Partnerships Manager at Estatably a legal tech fintech startup that developed a cloud-based platform for legal and financial professionals to digitize their estate and trust administration processes. So besides her full-time job, she is actually the co-founder of Marketing Women, which is really amazing. I can't wait to talk about that. An inclusive networking community for women in marketing and design. And Natalie is super passionate about giving a voice to underrepresented communities in tech and build marketing women just from the ground up, from word of mouth itself. So Natalie, welcome to the show, and I can't wait to talk about a lot of things with you today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Danny, and excited to get the conversation going. For sure. I would love to get to know a little bit more about your background a little bit more. I really love it when, you know, marketers start up their own communities or have like a side gig on the side, and I love seeing your passion. So I would love to hear about how you got started and also just like your origin story as a professional. Yeah, I think the best place probably to start is my origin story. So definitely super proud to be a twin of uh, immigrant parents. Uh, My sister is a physician. Well, she's an OBGYN, but we'll focus on minimally invasive gynecology procedures. So she is just amazing and just someone who I just admire so much. But for myself, I went to Dartmouth College, um, majored in psychology. I always knew I was interested in the social psychology aspects, behavior, understanding people, but also throughout college was really a big part of the Dartmouth newspaper or student newspaper where I was a photo editor and photographer. So I think those really combined like my interest in creative, but also like psychology. And then during internships was really where I got my start into marketing. And then I also just had interest in tech where I did some work throughout college at the Dartmouth Institute of Health Policy and Clinical Practice. So essentially during my day-to-day was like coding, going through like hospital records to help them automate when patients were at risk of heart attacks and detecting that sooner, which back in 2013 when I started it was the foundations of natural language processing, which now is like big, you know, now in 2023, 2024 on AI, NLP, LLMs. I mean, as a college student, I didn't appreciate it because I didn't understand a lot of it. But now seeing the arc of where, you know, tech has gone, it's been really cool to say that it was kind of in early stages of that journey. So really was interested in tech. So kind of fast forward to after graduating from college, I really got my start in marketing really just since day one, worked in like a kind of software company focusing on healthcare, a little bit of wine and spirits, as well as other industries then had my career at Mass Challenge, which was a nonprofit focused on supporting startups. So it was part of their health tech program. So really working closely with 
health tech company, which was really exciting, was leading marketing and kind of community and events there. And then had just really since then different trajectories and different startups, healthcare, ed tech to now where I'm at is statably. So through that origin story was really when I met my co-founder, Gabrielle. We actually met in person in Boston at a networking conference. We both just really connected as just being women in marketing, being at startups. So we just have been friends for, I guess it's been now like seven-ish years. And throughout this time, just connected around just, you know, being part of one-person teams, like building teams, like just thinking about strategy, but also just challenges of being a woman in tech, as well as just in startup marketing. And during COVID, we were just catching up and we were like, there's not a community that's inclusive that really follows a woman's journey where for myself, I started really most of my career was in health tech. And once I left that industry, I couldn't be part of those industry groups because I changed industries and similar experience for Gabrielle when she started from B to C to B to B and really just wanted a community that could grow regardless of where you come from, whether you are an agency owner, freelancer. So we decided to build our own. So that's how Marketing Women came to be. And we're about to be three years in March, which was super exciting. And we have about 1,300 members to date from all over the world, just different experiences like B2B, direct-to-consumer, agency owners, to freelancers, to consultants, to everywhere in between. Um, so it's been really amazing just to see the trajectory of the community, but also like how it just really ties to what we built because we just really experienced it ourselves. I love that. And I love how you guys met at a networking event too. I feel like sometimes you meet those people and you click right away and you know that you're going to create something special together. It was literally one of those moments during like a networking break. Like I went up to her and was like, hi, like, I'm Natalie. And she was like, hi, I'm Gabrielle. Like I'm super organic, which I think just captures just the beauty of it and just like our friendship and just through friendships and friends to now business partners. And she's like literally the other half of marketing women. So I couldn't do it without her. I really think it was meant to be. And I think like you guys really built something really special too with the community. There's a lot of communities now out there for marketing, especially in the few recent years. I think due to COVID, right? People are looking for like, like-minded people, looking for people to learn from. But definitely, I think what you guys built, it's very intimate. That's the first thing that I noticed. And also, it's very inclusive, as you mentioned. I've definitely been part of communities where I hate to say it. Mostly, it's like men talking and, you know, sometimes like, us women sometimes take a backseat or it's harder to get into those conversations. It feels a little bit more intimidating, but I feel like you guys did a really amazing job, like just making sure everybody is heard. So curious, like how do you develop the program of Marketing Women? Like what are some of the first things that you tried to do when people started joining the community? Honestly, when we started the community, we just wanted to be a space where people could gather, just have like safety. I think at the time when COVID, right, there was just so many changes happening, right? Events that were all in person were going virtual, working and being used to a nine to five and going into the office every day to remote, to just navigating the heaviness of the world, right? I think just being for us transparent and just saying, hey, we're struggling too with X, Y, Z, ABC gave us safety for others in the community to join and also feel comfortable sharing. Honestly, I think the beauty of how Marketing Woman has grown has really been word of mouth. Like we 
have not invested dollars into really member growth. It's just been from LinkedIn, people finding us or just referrals, which has been incredible. But I think people are looking for that sense of safety. And I think too, yeah, just looking for that regardless of everyone is looking for maybe tips and tricks on SEO or content, but also there's just different struggles. I think uh, Gabrielle, I know for herself, she, her son is turning to this week or Monday. And when she started her journey of motherhood, like she leaned on the community just to say, you know, ask questions and other women too of like, hey, how do I have a conversation with a manager about just telling them I'm expecting? Because there's just sometimes just so much anxiety and nerves around it. And, you know, unfortunately, with what we're seeing in the economy, like women that are on maternity leave or come back from maternity leave end up unfortunately being caught up in reductions and in, in force and layoffs and just navigating those conversations like for myself too is you know a black woman in marketing and tech there's not a lot of folks that look like me so I've just you know have looked for mentors and a community of just support and empowerment and encouragement so I think it really started with us being transparent and honest about challenges which made it super comfortable in a safe space and intimate but I think that's what we wanted it to be we wanted it to be a safe space of inclusivity and safety and I think sharing the breadth of knowledge across marketing, because it shouldn't matter where you're B2B or work at a Fortune 500 company to being a freelance owner, like everyone in marketing goes through similar challenges. And I think just opening a community of safe space to learn and grow is how other marketers can just become stronger, learn, become more savvy. And so I think that's where it started from the beginning and being intentional about it to continuing how it's been today. I love that. And you know, like one of the golden rules of marketing, right? Word of mouth is one of the strongest forms of marketing. And I definitely exactly. heard the community from like one of my uh, fellow women in marketing as well. So that's how I got to know about you guys. So that's awesome. One thing I'm curious about is that in 2024, unfortunately, I think like the economy is still not looking great, at least from what we're seeing. One of your passions and your mission is about helping other women really just exceed in their current roles, but also like invest in themselves depending on like the members that you've talked to or the trends that you've been seeing, what are some ways women in marketing can really get ahead of themselves and be better at what they're doing for this year? What are some tips that you have? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually was having this conversation literally the other day with another member of the community, but someone who I consider a mentor, woman Elise Brown. We are just talking about just one, like you said, the economy is tough. It's really hard to find opportunities. It's harder to pitch yourself. And I think just really for us, maybe thinking about how women can invest in themselves or just, I think really it starts with the beginning and just going back and finding your true North Star and passion and investing in it. I think some of the conversations that we've been seeing in the community around women that are ready to explore maybe freelancing and what does that look like? to buckling down on being stronger individual contributor. So I guess in terms of like the individual contributor side, we've just in, been encouraging women to just become really and truly an expert in your craft. So whether it is content to video production to SEO, digital marketing, if that's the path you want to go down, invest in learning all the tools and tricks and just tools and resources too. I think also with women that are exploring just side hustles, leaning into it, not being afraid to take that gamble. But I think overall, 
was just so many of the changes that are happening and tools coming in and technology and AI. I think just invest in understanding AI and how it could be more of a resource, you know, in the day-to-day, understanding the tools. There are always so many tools out there, but understanding just really the marketing landscape, for example, the upcoming changes with Google and Yahoo, like where are things to prepare there? How could you optimize email marketing? Double down on understanding just brand and content and thought leadership or things that we talked about. But I think also to another part, right? The world is super heavy right now. Like the economy, jobs, a lot of uncertainty. And I think just invest in yourself too and your self-care is something that's super important because you can't be in the best space to do a job search or take on something new or a project if you are not feeling your best. I think that's just different ways we've been talking about investing in themselves. One thing that I really resonate with is just investing in yourself and your your mental health too. Because I feel like a lot of times um, when we're in periods of uncertainty, we get into that scarcity mindset where we're like, oh my goodness, if I don't do anything like faster or better, like what if I lose my job? Or maybe, you know, you're in the middle of like looking for a job and then you're like, oh, I'm going to take the first one that says yes to me because what if I can't find something else, right? So I feel like that is so important. And I think like us as professionals, not just women, like it's something that we sometimes forget because we have so many things going on in our lives. But we also want to make sure that, hey, we leave time for ourselves too. You know, what are some of the things that are important to us as people? Exactly. And I feel like that's been coming from COVID where everyone was leaving the house to go to work or activities and being inside was a mental shift of how do you just learn how to be productive at home? And then now for some folks, it's a return to work. Some it's still fully remote, like myself, I'm fully remote. But for me, I know that I need to leave the house a couple of times a week to just be in a different environment, to be around people instead of being home five days a week. And for me, it's just that routine of getting up, putting on like just a nice sweater or a shirt to just can just reset the day. Also just trying to just have movement, whether it's like yesterday, I took a really awesome yoga class that just helped just be present to just trying to run, even if it's 10 minutes a day, any kind of movement just helps me just be in a better mental state. So that way I can go on and be productive. I can so relate. I'm also like a remote worker as well. Right now it's like winter season in Vancouver where I am. So it's like rainy every single day. And I'm just looking outside. I'm like, oh, I want to go out for a walk, but nothing really I can do. But I can do a nice little workout. So relate to that. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes that's what you got to do. I think sometimes balancing work and marketing women, like it feels like you're just on the screen or on the computer. So for me, that's why like movement or just even going to a different workspace, like going to a coffee shop to... Just taking a walk around the blocks just sometimes helps me just get away, not think about all the things on my mind, and then just come back and just feel more refreshed. So totally understand. It's definitely winter season in Boston, so <laughs> feel you. Yeah, the East Coast is probably worse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about also your full-time job and uh, marketing women, like balancing that. So I know like A lot of marketers nowadays, like they are looking for a side gig, either to supplement their full-time job or just to kind of learn something new. So curious on how do you manage that? Like you've got your community that's really growing and then you've also got your full-time role as well. So with Marketing Women, we have a volunteer board. Well, our new board will be starting at the end of the month, but that will be really just an exciting help to just manage through a lot of the day-to-day and growth and taking some of the responsibilities off 
myself and Gabrielle since before it was the two of us. Yeah, with my full-time job, definitely thankful for the team of interns. One of them will be coming full-time later in the year, which I'm super excited about. Our support system for getting things done in the day-to-day, but also really grateful to have peers that are just supportive and know that I've been building marketing women. I think that's really the big thing. I think also just knowing when I work best is really another part I've been thinking about. Like usually Gabrielle and I connect on Friday mornings because it's really nice way to, you know, end of the week. And even if it's a coffee chat to go through what's on our plates and what's on our minds or after work call just to get organized. I think also just learning when I do my work best, like if it's early in the mornings, I'll get up and write some copy for marketing women or do editing in the evenings kind of just blocking time out, but also to balancing everything is just making sure on the weekends, I give time back to myself where on the weekends, I usually just really relax and whether I spend time with my cat pancake or my partner or just friends. And I think that's just another really important part of just taking time off instead of feeling like balancing working every day. Definitely organization super helps for sure. I definitely can say I'm not perfect, but I think finding a rhythm of when I work best, blocking certain days out for certain projects, but also taking time for myself really helps. I love what you've built like with the playbook for the volunteers and the volunteer board. I think that's something that I think a lot of B2B companies can think about as well with the ones with the communities. Back in my old role at Mutiny, um, we built like a marketing community for like mid-career marketers. But one of my challenges also is like, how do I make sure the community is live and thriving, but also making sure I I have time for my other stuff, like the full-time roles, right? So curious on like, how do you empower this group of volunteers with the best practices, but also giving them the power back to them for whatever they're passionate about? I mean, I think really when we set out to decide on the board, we knew that in order for us to grow, we needed help. And also a way for, you know, like we were talking about earlier, marketers are looking for opportunities just to learn and engage and just have different ways to just build this. So we created roles that could align to help any women in marketing in the community who wants to support. They can put it on their resume to show that they're growing and can just work on different projects that, you know, either align with what their expertise is. So example, like content marketing, like owning the blog and building that strategy for like customer marketing, like engagement and just nutrition, uh, not nutrition, Uh, retention. That's what I'm looking for, retention. But I think just, yeah, opportunities where they can really align to their resume and what they're looking to in order to grow. Another thing that we've been thinking about is just our goals for the community. And for us to give the structure to the board, we think through just, you know, what our goals are for the year, quarter, month. And then we kind of just empower the board to just take on those activities. Because I think once we give that structure, they're able to have the autonomy to be creative, try different things. And yeah, I think Gabrielle and I also are people where we love different ideas and want to be challenged and experiment. And sometimes you need that fresh perspective and different ideas to be able to do that. So I think that's been the great thing about the board. This is the second year we're doing the board. Yeah, giving just a little bit of structure, but also just freedom to really just come up with ideas and grow and just have creativity has been really great. So again, our new board is starting pretty soon, which we're excited and we'll be sharing pretty soon towards the end of the month, but really excited to work with them. They're just super talented and yeah, excited for what the year will bring with them. 
That is super cool. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of community folks might be able to not steal, but like be inspired by, you know, I think like this kind of board structure to it, because I feel like that's one of the hardest things in a community, right? Like the moderation, how do you build content? And it's tough coming from just like one person or like two people. But if you have community members that are already passionate about these initiatives, and also they know the community at heart, why not empower them to do that? So I love what you guys built there. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's it's exciting. I mean, you know, to be honest, like when we first were deciding to do the board, we knew we needed help. And I think that was the first part. But also for both of us, we've been managing a lot of the work and just navigating the transition of having other support and come and follow the journey. I think it was just a growth for us as business partners and co-founders. And I don't know, it's just like, you built a baby and sharing it. It was exciting, but it was a shift to adjust where it's like you're trusting people that, you know, like it's different where you're working with a full-time, right? Where you know your team and working and you're trusting that they are getting projects done. But I think we also just saw it as an opportunity to grow. And I'm sure, you know, any founder or community owner goes through that phase of sharing a little bit of the baby, your project, your passion project as an evolution. But I think we knew it was time to do that. But, you know, once we started the volunteer board, we had just awesome people that were passionate about the community. It was a great way to get feedback from folks that were being part of the community or folks that we haven't really engaged with because they were new and just, you know, idea sharing. So it's been really great. And I think it's just helped challenge us for what the community can be and how it can grow and scale. So it's been definitely fun. Also just a really great way to just get to know other members and work closely with them too. So this is my last question for you today. What's in store for 2024? So I know like right now, anyone is free to join. And I think there is a membership structure. I've seen you guys work on something like that. So curious on like, what do you guys have in store for that? And how are you planning on growing the community further? So we actually just announced that we're moving to a fully paid model. That for us was, you know, in order to grow and scale, just having some more dollars in our pocket. One, we'll just also have women that are, are contributing financially. We'll have to be more engaged. So I think still keeping that engaged community, but also just have different tactics to just be able to have, we have really great, exciting ideas. We're about to launch a mentor program this spring for women who are just looking for mentors and women who want to be a mentor. We also just are planning some just different events. In December, we did our first virtual summit, which was a success. Looking forward to bringing that this year. I think just really, we have also a podcast as well. We'll be releasing episodes in the near future. Um, really just looking to engage and provide women a space for thought leadership and also just having really interesting, great conversations around the various different marketing topics really just experimentation and growth. I think the great thing too about us moving to a paid model is that at the end of the day, the paid model is something that one will help with just operations and and being able to experiment and try different tools. I think also is a price point that our mission is to be inclusive. We wanted the price point to be something that's affordable to a woman in marketing. We also do offer, you know, some trials for women that have gone through layoffs so that way they can still experience the community even though they're not a paying member to support them but also the opportunity that this could be covered in professional development stipend and just have more skin in the game so i think just really just growing the community there we're on slack and circle offering just a lot of great resource content 
And yeah, I think just building a community, I think really just a new phase for marketing women. It's really this year, I guess, other things aside from marketing women that is on the docket for 2024. For myself at Estatably, we just did a rebranding, which I'm super proud of. Um, I'd say one of like the coolest things I've gotten to lead being a one-person team. I'm also looking forward to no longer being a one-person team once uh, my intern becomes full-time once she graduates from college. She's also in Canada. She's in Toronto. But just that journey for me of being full-time and just being a people manager and making that transition from managing interns and co-ops to full-time, I'm really excited about that and really just starting to build the foundations of a team. And yeah, I think just also just potential of, of growth and expansion for Estatively as well. And then aside from, I guess, work-related things, I have like some personal goals. Like one is to run a 5K in under 30 minutes. Uh, some training for that in the spring. It's hard when it is cold, I will be honest, but trying to at least just run, even if it's like two to three times a week and just 15 minutes a day is really just reframe training instead of like, I don't have to go every day, but I could do it inside when it's too cold. Or when it's nice out, I can go outside. There's some really nice parks in my neighborhood. I don't know, spending time with just like loved ones. And then, oh, I'm trying to read 20 books this year. So throughout the year, kind of just with Marketing Women, we have a book club, which will help for part of it, but also just reading maybe some nonfiction. I haven't really downloaded as much. And yeah, I think those are just so, I think 2024 is going to be a great year. So I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it sounds like you've already started to take off some of these milestones. So congratulations <laughs> to you and Gabrielle for those. I think we're just ready for and excited for a new phase of Marketing Women. We also are yeah, and I think with just the board, it just gives new energy at the start of the year. A lot of the goals may not happen quickly. You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right, with the year. But we got started with them, with the new board. So we're just super excited. And I think, you know, also for you being part of the community, Danny, like the community that we want folks like you and others. And I think that growth would not be possible for members like you. So I have to say thank you uh, for finding the community and being engaged with the community as well. Thank you, Natalie. And I lied. I actually do have one last question for you um, that I asked all my guests. <laughs> so I'm curious to hear your take on this because like marketing has changed so much, right? In the last few years, we've got like chat GPT now, AI, all these initiatives and all these new tools that people are using. So I'm curious on hearing your hot take for the year. Like what's something that you think we need to get rid of and what is something that marketers need to do more of this year? I hope marketers don't completely rely on chat gpt yeah i just hope there's not such a heavy reliance on it and i think that's because we still need that human element right to the stories of what our companies or communities companies product services are doing just hope that not all copy is ai generated i guess that would be my hot take to not rely on it or just use it as a daily resource but I think there needs to be more of an investment in storytelling. I think thought leadership is going to be a bigger play this year. I think just, you know, continuing to have like a human-centric, customer-centric marketing. So I think definitely talking to customers a lot more now more than ever is going to be super important. And that is really going to inform just, you know, marketing and telling those, you know, that's going to separate from good copy to great copy good campaigns to great campaigns and just really, you know, I think really reaching the customer now more than ever is going to be super, super important. 
I think you have an amazing point because I feel like it's almost two exact opposites where AI is like less personal, but it's, I guess, like very efficient. But then on the very other end of things, like people want to feel more connected, right? People want to know that there's a real human being who's communicating all of this. So I feel like there's going to be an interesting shift, I feel like, with um, people wanting that connection. But also, I think the bullshit meter, excuse my language, it's going to be more like people are going to be more sensitive to that. Like, oh, I know this is not written by a real human. Yeah, exactly. And don't get me wrong. I've used AI, honestly, used chat GPT more often in my personal life, like for just quick ideas of like, okay, how do I write great message or something for my cousins getting married? Oops, now they know that probably I use partially chat to write their wedding <laughs> card but like things and just like how to change up like the typical like language instead of just googling like wedding congratulations message or like help me you know put together like a, a template for like a budget or template for a bridal shower like things like that or help me come up with some creative ideas for a bridal shower or an event like I feel like in my personal life I use it more for just quick ideas just to not feel like I'm using the same old rhythmic things in terms of language or um, organization. But part of, you know, AI is that, you know, being careful with how much information you're giving it, right? Especially at a company where you could accidentally include some, you know, proprietary information, right? I think that's that balance. So I think there are, you know, things for just tactics and creativity, but I think that's something I'm very conscious of, like how much information do I give, especially you know, for the company I work for, Statably, like we're working with information and data, right? And so I'm very conscious of that where if I'm sometimes we'll use it for like an email subject line just to get different ideas, but never would, you know, get or mention details that are like data and compromising that data. So I think that's something that we need to be more conscious of, which is why that's probably my hot take. But like you said, we want to be more connected now more than ever. I think also just reaching people where they're at and really understanding their needs and challenges is just going to be so, so important, right? Especially where budgets are getting cut and there's more conscious of dollar spending and also what decisions like around tools and resources are, you know, the end users are using. So I think just really using that language to connect with others is really going to be that key difference that, again, like I was saying, goes back to that great copy that really demonstrates the value and the benefits of using a product or service. And that all goes back to just understanding your customer. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. So that was an amazing conversation. I feel like we talked about AI, we talked about marketing women, your goals. And I think like one thing I would love to learn more about, maybe in a separate conversation, because we're already over time, but it's your rebranding. That's like a big monster for a lot of companies. So I would love to hear your take on that too, um, like your tips on that. Maybe that could be like a follow-up. But yeah, I will include all your links in the show notes below. So for the folks that want to connect with Natalie, she is available on LinkedIn. And also I will include the link to Marketing Women. So if you're um, a woman in marketing, feel free to join the community. It's an amazing community that's inclusive, that has a lot of other really awesome mentors there. So feel free to check it out. But yeah, Natalie, thank you so much for joining the show today. Super excited to hear about your journey in 2024 as well. 
Yeah. Thank you so much, Danny, for having me and for having such a great conversation. And I can't wait to see where go-to-market girls goes and definitely look forward to promoting your podcast. And yeah, definitely would love to have another conversation around rebranding and super happy to come back for just another conversation, but also just to get to know you better too and talk through it. Thank you so much, Natalie. Thanks for joining me on this episode of GTM Gals. For the latest episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Xiaohongshu, or on my website. All of this is linked in the show notes. See you next time. This show is a TAC Network original production created in partnership with Share Your Genius.